How do league executives rank the best defensive backs in the NFL? Safeties and cornerback rankings for 2022 coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're talking DBs going through this uh, ESPN uh, series of of articles that um, that and I love this because it's it, we've talked about it before. And your boy Sando used to do this at ESPN, yeah. um, and they've redelegated the responsibilities, but the idea is the same. And they're talking to league executives, scouts, and, and even some you know some some players and, and and different folks in the league. So this isn't somebody putting together their own list. This is the votes as the league, quote unquote, sees these players. And I love to to I love to that peek behind the curtain. And sometimes it's like, wow, the league is really wrong about all this, but I feel like <laughs> defensive side of these, the league did a really good job on the defensive side of things. And I think there's some smart, you know, some smart rankings and some really good points with some of the, the anonymous executives and scouts that are quoted in this thing. Maybe uh, they get a little off the rails with the quarterbacks. We'll talk about those uh, on a later show, but today defensive backs and safeties. And I'm actually a little bit surprised, but kind of like how the safety list starts at the top. Yeah. A couple observations about safeties as a whole. You look at this list, which I think is a very good list. I agree with you. I mean, this is one of the ones I agree most with um, after first glance, but not all these guys are super high picks. I mean, there's some, there's a lot of day two guys, there's corner converts, things like that. Um, I think as a whole, the league is figuring out a little bit right now. What are safeties worth? You know, like it, they're not considered a premium position, but you ask a defensive coach, if I can have a safety that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, it can do a lot of things, which applies to the number one guy on this list. We'll get to in a minute. That's incredibly valuable. So it, I think it's really interesting. If you look at the contracts around the league with the safeties, some of the big dogs, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, some of these guys now are getting paid heavily and then there's really no middle class. And then there's a bunch of guys making like a little above league minimum. Williamson always brings it back to the Steelers. But the Steelers are the best example I can come up with. Minka and Edmonds, the two starting safeties, were both drafted in the first round of the same year. Of course, the Steelers traded for Minka after the fact. They didn't draft both those dudes. They didn't pick up Edmonds, you know, fifth year. Of course, they picked up Minka's. And they gave him a huge contract. He's the highest paid safety in the league. And then Edmonds kind of hangs out in free agency, and he's an average starting strong safety, and they get him for like $2 million, you know. So between the two of them, they have an expensive safety room, but they have like one of the best bargains, and then they have a, a super expensive guy. There's nobody in between. Yeah, and, and expensive at some other premium positions, but cheap in the quarterback room, which allows them to maybe pay yeah, yeah. more for a safety than they than a, a team would would necessarily like. And you're right. Offensive coordinators now more than ever, and it's only going more in this direction, is putting so much stress on linebackers and safeties these days. And you've got to be able to cover with everybody in your back seven, essentially. So um, that's and so the guys who are really good at it, they're going to get paid a lot. But what's mm -hmm. funny, and um, 
I don't remember who was talking about this recently, but there was a, a good conversation that I heard, or maybe I read, I don't know if it was a podcast or on Twitter because I see so many things and I can't remember where sure. this conversation was, but it was a, it was a talk about value and where you're paying players. And if, you know, if teams have fewer fullbacks than ever, that was already a cheap position anyway. Yeah. And you're not saving much. Fullback right. with the third wide receiver. Well, now wide receiver is an expensive position, right? So <laughs> exactly. Right. You're getting more expensive and, and safeties traditionally weren't paid a lot, but they're getting paid more and more and they're more and more important. So where you put your resources that I, I think that's more interesting than, you know, um, if, if teams are paying guys, that's one thing, but how many per team can you pay is the other question because right. everybody's a premium position at this point on the football field. hundred percent agree. And I mean, I think that's really one of the most important things in the whole league right now is, is there any corner I can cut corner at, you know, <laughs> and financially and obviously having guys on their first contract is gold. I mean, that especially a quarterback times a thousand, but once it gets to paying time, it's 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 pretty interesting. And I think safety is as interesting as any. Wide receivers have been the talk of the offseason with the inflation of what those guys cost. But the top-tier safeties are making an awful lot now, and there's no Tier 2 guys financially. The number one safety on this list might surprise some folks. And he's kind of been uh, – I mean, everyone knows who Justin Simmons is of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And, and people the, – the closer you follow the league, the more you realize how good of a player he is. But I think some you know, maybe casual fans might look at this list and be surprised seeing the name Justin Simmons as the top safety in the NFL according to league executives. I didn't expect it, but I very much appreciate and condone it. He would be my choice as well. And I like some of the quotes in here because they're all pretty similar in that doesn't have weaknesses. You know, he can be your deep middle guy. He's great and too high. He's very good against the run. He can play man versus Kelsey, you know, whenever they play the Chiefs twice or Waller when they play them twice. He's got size. He's got athleticism. And he wasn't a super high pick, but he's a star. A difference-making player. No weaknesses. Uh, that's exactly what you want in the safety position. Someone that can stop the run. Someone that can cover deep. Someone that has range that can, you know, uh, make a defense, make an offense pay if they throw the ball in your direction. So Justin Simmons certainly has been that for the Denver Broncos and a fantastic um, prospect, or a fantastic player. And you're right. You talked about it a little bit earlier about uh, where you can find safeties and you look at some positions you see all the pass rushers and all the quarterbacks and even a lot of the wide receivers now there's just fewer and fewer guys that are dimes in the rough that you're drafting late but you can still find that at certain positions usually it's the up the middle positions interior offensive line and, and you still seeing some of those guys in safety some of the best in the league weren't necessarily high picks yeah 100 percent. so uh, the third guy on this list is a really interesting one too but we got one to discuss quickly in between because yes. he's sort of and cool. all of the top three guys have been ranked number one at least once on this list hmm. past. Uh, and uh, the number two this year was the number one last year. And that is Mika Fitzpatrick, who was recently uh, given a whole bunch of money from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you've seen him up close and personal. So you probably don't need much convincing of how good Mika Fitzpatrick is. No, I mean, he's done so many things coming out of Bama, but really with the Steelers, they've put him in that deep middle Ed Reed, Earl Thomas role, and he can do more. But one thing about safeties on this list, I, one thing there's a short of, a, of, in my opinion, is the true old school free cover sideline to sideline guy. And you see so much too high safety now. Well, the Steelers don't have to play as much too high because Minka covers so much ground, you know, so and he takes the football away. 
quote, Minka is the leader of the entire secondary. He controls yeah. all the checks, all the calls, controls everything, an AFC defensive coach said. Here's the catch, he says, though. He can play man-to-man, but he's not a lead at it. He can blitz, but he's not a lead at it. So, mm-hmm. And they uh, keep him off the ball. I mean, the big thing I say about Minka in you know the, the, my Pittsburgh show is – He's almost, I know you're not a huge hockey guy, but when you have a great goalie back there in hockey, and I thought Ed Reed would epitomize this, those other skaters can be a lot more aggressive. Your defensemen can cheat up in zones. You know, Cam Chancellor and Sherman could take chances in Seattle because Earl was behind them. It's a big deal. Yeah. And also, yeah. this AFC defensive coach, it's like, here's the catch. He's He can play man-to-man, but he's not a lead at it. He can blitz, but he's not a lead at it. It was like, well, how much do you want from one player? You want, you want him to be <laughs> right, right, an right. elite, deep safety and also be Lawrence Taylor? Yeah, right. That's asking a lot. <laughs> not a lead at blitz. I was like, okay. Well. Yeah, he plays 15 yards off the ball. Uh, number three is Kevin Byard of the Tennessee Titans, and he was number one on this list a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, he's been, he's been a really good player. He's gotten a nice little contract, and I think everyone knows the score about Kevin Byard. And, and there's some definite there's some definite big-time safety talent in the NFL right now, and he's definitely one. Yeah, and to show I'm not a total Steelers homer, I would have Byard competing with Simmons for one. They would be my two battling it out for the top spot. I have a real hard time finding weaknesses with him. Every year, he takes a ball away at an uncanny level. Doesn't get the respect he deserves, but I think him and Simmons are the best two safeties in the league. Led all safeties with 13 passes defense and tied for the league lead with five interceptions, 90.2 PFF grade. So, yeah, everyone loves Kevin Byard, whether Mm -hmm. you're a stat nerd or just a football guy crunching that tape. 100%. Derwin James, there's more here, and he's still ranked number four on this list. Uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, what would we be talking about with him? Because his his high end moments are just like wow. They're you know as they say in this in this article, and he's got the you know height, weight, speed six two two fifteen. Um, can be a tight end eraser. We'll see what he ends up being in his career. Is there more there for for Derwin James that you haven't seen yet? Is my question. Yes, and we well we've seen a lot. It just hasn't been. You know, start to finish 17-plus games. And I I honestly believe if he plays 17 healthy games plus maybe playoffs, he'll probably be one on this list. His style of more the Chancellor than Thomas type isn't as quite as valuable, but he is very, very freaky, and I think he's the best talent on this list. Yeah, a 6-2-2-15 strong safety that you can put in the middle of the field to play single high. And, and not good. worry about it at all. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll get to the rest of this list of safeties, five through 10, some honorable mentions. Talk about the cornerbacks as well as ranked by NFL coaches and executives. But first, I got to let the folks out there know about Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest league developments. We're talking about everything that has to do with sports and casino style gaming. You can find at bet online. Don't forget about that poker and blackjack as well. Um, but it is, uh, it's so, it's so fun what you can find to bet on already for the 2022 NFL season. They've got lines for all, all 18 weeks of the NFL season already there at bet online. They've got tons of, uh, actually there's, there's been a little bit of movement as well. Actually, I take that back. There's no lines yet. I don't think for week 17 and 18, but they've got 16 oh, weeks of lines there. So come on. You're, 
Come on, bet online. You don't have <laughs> Catch up. 18 Jeez, lines yet right. for those. What could change between now and then? Yeah. <laughs> and another <laughs> thing they don't have, uh, which is interesting, is only four of the Browns games are set with lines right now because there's so much mm. uncertainty. And so basically the betters are like, well, we, we for sure know he's not going to be there for four games at the very least. Right. So we know it's going to be a different quarterback, but after that, you know, they're like, they don't want to put lines up for the second half of the year. If Deshaun Watson's going to be there. So I, I find that very interesting as well, but um, actually that week one line is going to be a fun one. Browns at Panthers, probably no Watson, but Baker Mayfield, Going back to play against the Browns, you can yeah. bet on that game at Bet Online. Uh, tons of other props for the 2022 season, of course, Major League Baseball all summer long, MMA, boxing, golf, you name it. Get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting lines the most starting July 18th, which is today, Monday, if you're listening to this Monday episode. Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available Monday, today, July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And you better be subscribed up to the Locked On NFL channel on YouTube because it's also the home of Peacock and Williams. Number five, Buda Baker on the safeties list here. He's kind of a do-it-all player. He's a, he's a very versatile player for that Arizona Cardinals defense. And as good as some of the other players on this list, I think that top four is really the elite of the elite. And as, I was just even though there's some really good players down here, um, I think those are the guys that the, the – I think that's the tier break sort of is, is right before Buda Baker here at number five. I 100% agree. You stole, stole the words out of my mouth. Really likable player, glue guy for Arizona, more of a honey badger type, you know, throws his body around, plays bigger than he is, but he's a little small. You know, I don't love him against Waller or Kelsey or those type of things, but very valuable. He's making a big buck too. You know what? Just seeing him get run down by DK Metcalf a while yeah. back. Yeah. Made me want to drop him one spot on this list. I think <laughs> I think Jesse Bates, who comes in at number six, I'd put him one spot ahead. I'd put him above Buda Baker just because of how good Jesse Bates is in center field and taking the ball away. Um, he's been a really awesome player, but the the the, the he hasn't gotten re-upped yet, right? Jesse Bates. No, that's what I was gonna harp on here. Is he was franchised, has not signed it, so therefore, since he hasn't signed it, his holdout really isn't a holdout because he's not under contract. I don't think Cincinnati's going to give him the big Minka contract that he's asking for, even though I think he's 90% of Minka, as you said, as a deep middle player and maybe their best defensive player, him or Hendrickson. That That's it really interesting to me how that shakes out because you draft Dax Hill first overall, and then you draft a corner slash safety with their second pick. That's not a ring endorsement. They're going to give him money. That's what I was going to say. So they yeah. haven't paid him yet. They got the slap the franchise tag on him and they drafted Daxton Hill. Yeah, right. So kind of telling. I, I don't uh, – and then Cam Cam Taylor-Britt, obviously, you mentioned, second-round mm -hmm. pick. They traded up to get him. Could play safety, could play corner. Yeah. The, it feels like they're preparing to not have him. So that that's how this is going to go, right? They're just – So they're I, think, I think you either franchise him, he plays grumpy and reports right before camp, and hopefully he doesn't pull a hamstring and milk it or something like that. I'm not implying he will. Or – 
maybe you listen to trades now. And that's not what you want to hear from a Super Bowl team, you know? Yeah, because they want to get back there. They want to be right, better right. than they were the year before. And you want to let your young guys develop. So, you know, if, if I had to guess, the plan sounds like they're hoping he plays on that franchise tender. They're not going to spend money there because they know they're going to have a, a really expensive quarterback and some expensive wide receivers. And sure. they got to pay some other positions, right? Um, already paying some, you know, edge players and yeah, other premium positions are going to be really expensive. So it sounds like they're planning on not doing a long-term deal with Jesse Bates. That's, yeah, that, that's that's the writing on the wall to me. Harrison Smith's been on these types of lists for a long time, comes in at number seven, even at the age of 33. Still a really good player, but yeah, you kind of have to wonder where it's going to fall off. It's fallen off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's ranked as high as number two on this list in the past, still coming in at number seven in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Um, their defense was pretty bad last year, but I don't think he was the reason why. I mean, they had very little, you know, some other issues in the secondary, and their first two picks were defensive backs. I love that Lewis Seen, who I liked a lot, gets to walk in with Harrison Smith, who's, what, 11 years older than him, and kind of change the guard over to him. So I think that's a really good situation, you know, at the safety position for the Vikes. Oh, absolutely. I love yeah. I loved Lewis Seen as a prospect, too. Yeah. So it's a fantastic way for him to get indoctrinated into the NFL. And obviously, here's another team, back-to-back teams that have a, a plan on, you know, how they're going to replace their their star safety. And it's, it's also, it goes to show you, and this is why I think teams might be more reluctant to pay safeties than other positions. It's because a good safety by himself can't really do anything for your defense, right? You, you, right. you still need the other pieces. Then the safety comes over the top and, and really makes your defense great. But a great safety by themselves, like how many great safeties have there been where they were, you know, like a Barry Sanders, where they were like the only good player on that side of the ball and everybody else was, was kind of average. You don't have many of those. All the best safeties I can think of in NFL history also had other really good talent around them. That's a good point. I mean, it actually kind of brings us this next guy considering the Ravens, you know, like Earl Thomas in Seattle, Troy here in Pittsburgh, Ed Reed with the Ravens. Well, there was like pro bowlers all around those guys and brings me to the Ravens. You know, I've used the Ed Reed, Earl Thomas example already in this podcast. Well, both those guys were Ravens at one point, of course, Ed Reed for the majority of his career. And now they're looking for the next one. I mean, their defense is really predicated on having a top true free safety, which I said is a hard thing to find right now. And I think Williams has been a really good one for the Saints. I mean, he has a lot of range back there. Yeah, that's always been his calling card. Just yeah, straight yeah. up center fielder with crazy range. And he's kind of a long, lean, linear player. And uh, and he can close gaps very quickly in, in the pass coverage on the back end. So if you want to play single high, Marcus Williams has been the guy for a while. Yeah, yeah. An up-and-comer, Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, he was number three on the list last year, falls down a little bit, and that was after just a dynamic rookie year. So he just showed up ready to play from the jump on a Super Bowl-caliber team with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, And according to one, let's see who said this. This was an AFC scout, says size might hurt him a little bit because he's a little bit squattier, 5'9", but that's the really only thing. Uh, somebody else says he's got really good spatial awareness and can cover from the slot. So, yeah, and, and that's big, too, because, again, like I said, you're putting so much pressure on safeties in the NFL these days because of all the work in the slot. So if you're a safety, being able to play in deep coverage is one thing, but can you walk down and cover the slot as well? Yeah, I, I love this player. I mean, every te- everyone listening would love to have this guy on their team. He's only 23 years old, and he looks like Antoine Winfield Sr., I mean, for anyone that remembers him, he was a nasty yet undersized corner that could blitz and would tackle running backs or 240 pounds coming around the corner. Well, his son has a lot of those traits. 
Yeah, uh, Antoine Winfield Sr., if I'm not mistaken, is one of those cover two corners, right? Yeah, so yeah. Like a, against run and, like a yeah, barber, you know, right? Uh, borderline safety with some of those schemes. Yep. I mean, you have to be a tackler. You have to stick your face in against a guard or a fullback coming downhill at you or a big back. And Daddy did that a lot. Number 10, Jamal Adams. He has fallen from being one of the you know top all-pro safeties in the NFL. It's it's odd the way he's used, and he's used a lot. And I don't I don't know if he's actually gotten worse or if it's just the the team he's on and has been used slightly differently. But is you know box safety is probably what hurts him a little bit. But I feel like he's almost underrated at this point because he's still a really good player. And if you put him in, 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 a, in a team that played a lot of too high and just let him play strong safety, I think he'd be a really good player there. But he's almost gotten lost in his weird quasi-linebacker usage. Yeah. This one I have a problem with. He would not be in my top 10. And again, I think he's a tough eval. I heard this the other day, and it kind of dawned on me because we talked about the linebackers. He really isn't much different, different from Micah Parsons. You know I mean? He blitzes a ton, comes off the edge. They move him all around on the second level and, and down on the first level, but he's not a good coverage player. I mean, like he's a leader, he impacts the game, but people pick on him relentlessly when he's in coverage and kind of to your point, if this was a list from damn, when I was a kid, you know, let alone 15 years ago, he might oh. be like one or two. Right. And, and, and I think Obviously, the Seahawks saw him was like, oh, this is our Cam Chancellor again. We can of bring course. the Legion of Doom back, and you know Jamal Adams is going to be that guy. But, yeah, you're right. Enforcers and, aren't as important as they used to be either. Like, and, with all respect to Cam Chancellor, you can't take people's heads off over the middle, you know? I feel like at LSU and with the Jets, he was allowed to freelance more. And yeah. I think that's where he makes the most plays and makes the biggest impact. But if you, if you limit what – and I think most defenses probably don't want one guy to be freelancing a lot, you know? So yeah, um, it's kind of, he has to be with the right team in the right scheme probably is, is the best way to put it. And one of the honorable mentions is Quandry Diggs, his, his teammate who I think is a better football player that if 32 GMs were taking one or the other, they would take Diggs. And one of the things Diggs has to do is make up for Adams when he does freelance. So, you know, uh, uh, Adams isn't for me. Diggs, gets really rave reviews from those close to the Seahawks. I know our yeah, yeah. colleague Corbin Smith, the host of Locked on Seahawks, picked Quandre Diggs as the most important player going into the, the year last year for the Seahawks. Not mm, Russell Wilson, not Bobby Wagner, not Jamal Adams, but Quandre Diggs. Um, so, yeah, he's, People he's that know, know how good he is. And I think if you were to knock somebody out of the top 10 and put somebody in, Javon Holland might be that guy. And, and he's probably a year behind the curve next year. He's going to be in the top 10 list. Yeah, and I'm sure, and I would be the same way if I were these executives one year in the NFL is going to be a little hard for me to throw you in the top 10, but I love what Holland's bringing to the table. One of my absolute favorite young safeties. He was really good for Miami last year. Jimmy Ward. I got to pump up my 49ers guy. Yeah, he didn't get any credit. He doesn't take the ball away a lot. And he sort of had some injuries and bounced around between outside corner and, and slot corner before he settled in at free safety with the 49ers. So he got a slow start to his career and getting accolades, but he's a really good center fielder type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can drop him down in the slot and he can cover man to man. He's got the cornerback background as well. Smaller guy doesn't take the ball away. So he doesn't have the highlight plays and, and doesn't get talked about with the interceptions, but he's a really good player. And he was in the honorable mentions list. So I'm, I'm glad to see him there. And both Bills safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, might be really underrated league-wide. That, that was the one last thing I wanted to throw out here is both Bills safeties as well as both Packers safeties. 
because Darnell Savage didn't even get an honorable mention. He got an other also receiving votes. I think those two tandems are probably the best two safety tandems in the league. And their ability to play off one another is and communicate and rock and roll different ways, um, I think probably hurts their rankings. But they're the last two safety tandems you want to play against in the whole league. All right. I'm glad we got a chance to spend some time on safeties. we got to run through corners a little bit quicker here yeah, yeah. to finish up this edition of Peacock and Williamson. But I want to let the folks out there know about Dave. Have you heard about Dave? Uh, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help get you $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, catch up on bills, whatever it is you need to spend that extra money on. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Taking a look at the the cornerbacks here, probably won't surprise anybody to have Jalen Ramsey number one. He's kind of been the guy for a while as as the number one corner has that mentality, has the athleticism, the length, everything you want to have in a in a top shutdown type cornerback. I think he absolutely stands alone, and when it's all said and done, could be a Revis level all time great. But what's interesting about Ramsey is just the usage. You know, unlike Ramsey or D- or Revis or Dion or somebody like that. He just doesn't line up and play man coverage against stud receiver snap after snap. They do all sorts of things with him. A lot of zone, a lot of lining up in the slot, you know, so interesting player. I mean, he's, he's different than you might think in terms of usage. And he's up for it. I know he's brash and he's yeah, right, right. right. He's not a diva. That's like, no, I want to just play left corner, you know, or I only want to play outside. It's the toughest place to be in, in the slot and he'll go line up in the slot and he'll cover a tight end. If that's the, uh, the matchup that needs to be erased for the, the Rams defense. So I think it makes him even more valuable, even though he, he might not even be on the outside as much as some other cornerbacks. It shows how valuable that, we just talked about it with safeties, how valuable that is for someone to come in and lock yep. somebody down on the slot because that's where teams are going to to find their mismatches these days. 100%, and I think he's a, a rare talent. So it gets much more difficult after number one. Marshawn Lattimore coming in at number two on the list. Yeah, and we maybe we will, we'll go through these pretty quick. Lattimore's had a, a really good career, not a A-plus career. A lot of these guys, especially if it's a long sample size, like like Lattimore, he's been in the league, what, four years or so? They're going to have their downtimes. You know, stud receivers are going to get you once in a while. No one's truly a shutdown corner anymore. The, the rules are just too difficult. But he's easily a top five guy for me. Yeah, and you, uh, I think this AFC defensive coach put it best because you're not afraid if you're the Saints to put him on the other team's top guy. Now, maybe he will get right. beat sometimes, which is going to happen, but you're, you're at least not afraid of it. And then the other 10 can do so many other things when he's locked up against like Mike Evans twice a year, yes. you know? Yeah, it helps you somewhere else. Jair Alexander is kind of becoming the same the same type of guy. Um, yeah, and, up and comer, stud. I might put Jair Alexander actually number two on this. I would too. Yeah, um, but yeah, the aggression, the the quick twitch athleticism, he's he's you know, he's quickly became one of the best corners in the league. 
four-year, $84 million contract he just signed, and that's who you put your money into, you know, up-and-coming mm-hmm. stud corners. Xavier Howard, almost a little old school press man style yep, corner yep. that will take the ball away. And he'll he'll you know he'll he'll go get it. And consistently does it. I mean, consistently yeah. lines up in press man old school coverage and gets his hands on the football. He's not a four-three flat guy, but he's very technically sound. He's got size. It's hard to get off the line of scrimmage against him. JC Jackson got paid this offseason coming in at number five on the list another guy who takes the ball away now the big question is okay what do you look like away from bill belichick yeah exactly that to me is a red flag that a team in new england that always invests heavily at least in one corner did let let him walk but he takes the football away too i mean i'm gonna say man coverage over and over and over he excels in man coverage he's long he can match up against one receivers those guys are hard to find this one might be a little high for me. This a little guy. statistical note real quick on J.C. Jackson. His 23 passes defense led all defensive players in 2021. Only Trevon Diggs hmm. had more interceptions than his eight. Trevon Diggs had 11 for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to Diggs in a minute. But you think Denzel Ward's a little too high here? I think he's great. He's just small. And, and um, like I had a little bit of a problem with the Browns taking him in the top five. He doesn't play huge, in my opinion. He's Yeah, he's tough, and he throws his body around, but he looks like a smaller guy out there. I think he's like the eighth best corner. Or so maybe a couple of these young guys that are up and coming, like the next one on this list will pass him, and that'll make more sense for me a year from now. Yeah, he's not a big-bodied corner, but mm-hmm. he, he plays tough, so maybe he that does. helps him play a little bit bigger, Denzel Ward. But, yeah, there's you know he, he's, not, uh, one, he's not like one of these other longer – lockdown corners on this list like the guy at number seven Patrick Sertain the cool. second from the Denver Broncos who's probably going to be higher than this even last year yeah we talked Next. about another legacy in Winfield earlier uh, I think he learned a lot from big da- you know from daddy and then going to Bama and learning from Saban unbelievably technically sound for a young guy he has size he is it all uh he could be two next year I find it interesting. Somebody, one of the coaches, scouts, executives that they talked to ranked Patrick Sertain as their number one corner. Wow. Yeah. It's putting the card before the horse maybe a little, but man, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Some projection there, but I wouldn't be shocked if he gets there. I wouldn't either. Uh, He's the arrow is firmly pointing up. A guy who's been on these lists for a while, still only 25 years old, which surprises me, uh, had some injuries recently, but Marlon Humphrey of the Baltimore Ravens at eight. Yeah, they were killed by injuries last year. This was as big an injury as they suffered. What's a little different about Humphrey that I have great respect for is not only will he line up against the receive, the number one receiver, but he'll follow them to the slot too. A lot of those guys don't. A lot of them are only outside only, you know, matchup shadow guys. Well, he, he goes right there by the line of scrimmage. Falcons got the last laugh with their draft pick from 2020 in A.J. Terrell when uh, when everyone thought that they they really screwed up because they didn't take one of the the top um, you know, 17 right. or the top with they drafted they were 16th and they didn't take one of the top 16 players they let CD Lamb fall past them uh, but AJ Terrell's turned into a fantastic player and the Falcons are probably very excited although you know it turns out they actually could use a wide receiver now uh, even though at the time oh, they they yeah. you know he's outstanding um, two phenomenal years got better in his second year. He has all the traits you look for. And to me, he was like the most underrated corner in the league. 
Now I wonder if he's just a smidge overrated because the rest of that team is so bad and the pass rush was so bad. After you get the reputation on this guy, there's just so many other places to throw to. You don't have to do much. Like, Namdi what was that way with the Raiders. Like, got this big reputation and people are through elsewhere, but his job wasn't that hard after that. Right, and and he he was asked to do more once he got the big money deal from another team to be a shutdown guy, and it turned out he wasn't. wasn't. Right, not right. Possible. And I'm not saying that AJ Trail is going to be that. But then on the flip side, what if they get a better pass rush that will help Terrell? Sure, sure. So you could argue that maybe he could even be better. Yep. I mean, him and Pitts to me are their true foundational players. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and maybe only foundation. See what Drake London is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trevon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys comes in at number 10. I'm not sure he should be on this list. Uh, you know, obviously 11 interceptions takes the ball away a lot, but he gets beat more than anybody too. Cause he just takes too many chances. Like he's not Xavier Howard where he's locking people up and taking the ball away. He's getting beat just too much. He wouldn't be on the list for me either. I mean, yeah. sort of in a Jamal Adams way where he's kind of different than the rest here. Uh, Marcus Peters has been this type of guy where if you just watch the highlight tapes, you think he's an easy Hall of Famer. If you watch the low light tapes, you're like, why is he on the field? But taking the ball away is extremely valuable. And I know that Tredavis White missed last year, but to put Diggs over White to me is insane. Yeah, but for sure, White deserved to be on the list more than uh, more than Diggs. And I'm yeah. actually surprised that the uh, it's probably the biggest problem I've had on this list on the defensive side from these executives and coaches. And I think maybe scouting the uh, stat book a little bit too much mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, a recency bias. Yep. And some other really good corners in the league getting votes. Guys like Terry, Darius Slay, Carlton Davis. Uh, J.C. Horn got votes, but he didn't mm-hmm. really have a rookie season. So that, that's definitely putting the cart before the horse there. We'll see what he looks like in Carolina yep. this year. Yeah, and I don't want to quite lump him with Sertain, but they were the same draft class. Sertain played the whole year and Horn didn't. Mm-hmm. But I do think both these guys are going to be exceptional corners starting this year. And they're always going to have this unfortunate stigma that isn't their fault of why didn't Denver or Carolina take Mac Jones or Fields? They settled for a corner. Well, that doesn't mean these guys aren't going to be great. So for more detail, more of the quotes about some of these players on these lists at ESPN, it was uh, authored by Jeremy Fowler, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, there we go. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN doing a great job of, of doing these and in, in interviewing and getting votes from league executives and coaches around the nfl so always fun this time of year when these lists come out and we'll talk a little bit about the offensive side of the balls as well coming up later on in the week we've got some guests talking indianapolis colts with the new hosts of locked on colts and matt and i will be back tomorrow right here peacock williamson